You know, when you're plugging in a USB, you kind of expect to try it three times. Yeah. Like plugging a USB into your computer. Right. Um, this was like getting on the first try, man. Like you just like <laughs> throw, throw that thing up and you plug it in. Like it just so felt right. So it's like- Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast. A podcast about woodworking, good times, general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Building. Colton of Colt Crit and Rock of RNC Woodworking and Design. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now for episode seven, Nowhere to Run. Gentlemen, what's going on? You can run, but you can't hide. I feel like I've seen that Nowhere to Run. Nowhere to Run. I mean, is it a, is it a Van Damme it, movie? It is a Van Damage movie. I actually, uh, I met a guy a few years back who was obsessed with Jean-Claude Van Damme to the point where it was the same era where people were wearing the bracelets that said JCVD or, oh my uh, gosh. no, WWJD. WW, yeah, J, yeah, what would Jesus do? Not buy a um, bracelet. Yeah, and so he did uh, WWJCVDD, <laughs> what would Jean-Claude Van Damme do? Okay, and awesome. I was like, the answer is always roundhouse kick people in the face. That's like, right. That's, <laughs> yes. that's the answer, yes. so. Um, yeah. So, uh, Van Damage movie. So uh, first question, just health wise, how are you feeling, Jess? How are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm all right. You know, they, they, they put us on that. Um, so we thought we were in the clear. I started feeling symptoms. What? Like maybe Monday. And I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder if I'm getting sick. But then I saw like pollen on my truck. And then I was like, well, maybe it's not that. And then by Tuesday afternoon, the fever and the body aches, and I was and my throat was really really sore, and I was like, "This is troubles." So I don't know. I figured cold, flu, and then um, or diabetes or the betis. <laughs> so I came Not home really. and I messaged my boss and I said, "I feel like I'm coming down with something, and I got a fever." And he said, "Okay, the only cure is more cowbell." Well, I was supposed to go to his house and finish the built-ins that we started, and. Um, Anyway, so the next morning I woke up and I was like dead and I had a high fever through the night. And so I was like, you know, I got one of those COVID tests. Um, I don't even know where we got it. And I said, I'll, I'll take that. And I mean, that sucker lit up like Christmas firework. And I'm like, <laughs> well, finally I got it. All right. Wait, wait are, are you lighting Christmas fireworks? Because I, I kind of want to come to Christmas your house. tree, Fourth of July, whatever. Okay. So I um, called my doctor and she sent in for Paxlovid, uh, which you know yep, about. I do. And um, I'm like, okay, great. I didn't even know they had an antiviral. So um, I took that. My wife went and got that for me. And within an hour of taking it, I said, hmm, my mouth tastes funny. And it went on and got worse. And I'm like, hang on a second. So I brushed my teeth and I did mouthwash and I'm like, this is just getting worse. So I Google Paxlovid, bad taste in your mouth. And it's like Paxlovid mouth. Everybody in it. Well, it said only a small percentage, but I guess a lot of people get it. And so like um, only a certain few under a certain IQ. I have that I, side effect. Yes. Or over, yes. Or, which sorry. was, over which effect. is, which is, um, to me, I guess I almost wanted to stop taking it. It was that bad. Oh. I mean, it was like rancid car keys, like, Ooh. oh my God, metal and like rotten eggs. So 
that went on for five days of of it. Well, oh, by that's wins, even worse than the, oh, the losing taste. Right from as COVID. you right as you start to get like you you take one in the morning, one at night. Right as you start to get like towards that evening, it starts to go away a little bit, and you're like, oh, and then it's time to take it again. So anyway, so that happened, and then I say, what was it, Thursday or Friday? Ashley's like. I've got a sore throat. Now, my wife's had COVID twice already, and we had both had the vaccines. She's like, I got a sore throat. And I'm like, man, maybe it's just allergies. And then it kept getting worse and worse. And then I was like, you need to take a test. So she took a test, and then it was positive. We went and bought another Mm -hmm. test just for the heck of it, and it was positive. So she got it for the third time. Pretty bad, actually. Um Called the doctor, same thing, Paxlovid. She's like, I'm not. She after got that taste in her mouth. She's like, I'm not doing this. She's like, I'll die of COVID first. Like, there's Wait, no did way. She, did she get the taste in her mouth too? Yes. So I took Pax. I had it in June or July. July, end of July, early August right. last year. And within 24 hours, I had zero symptoms and 48, I was testing negative. I like, I was probably like the dream case, which I like right. to think I am pretty much every day. But. <laughs> Um, I yeah, I had absolutely no issues. So it was, it was odd to me that you said you had those issues and, and the fact that such a small percentage of people get the metallic taste and then your wife had it too. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, Unless she's... you guys were sucking face while you were COVID it up. <laughs> no, I would have thought my breath was terrible, but it actually wasn't. So, she, um, so she's doing better, you know, her first day, remember she's coming yeah. to work with us now. Well, that so was going to be my next question, but let's not give away all the secrets yet. Okay. Unless well, you anyway, want to go so right she's, into it. Uh, she's feeling um, somewhat better. She's felt bad up until maybe this afternoon. She's finally felt a little bit better. But I still have the sweats. I still have the body aches a little bit, but I don't have a fever. I don't have any other symptoms. My th- sore throat's gone. Um, and I'm just kind of lethargic, honestly. I'm I'm taking my vitamin C and zinc. Anybody's going to tell me that. But Every time power, I go to Kansas City, I get the meat sweats. You get the meat sweats? Heck yeah. I do. That's a good Because I eat far too much barbecue. Uh, we had the, the meat, sweats. meat sweats last night. We ate I like it like mid-meal. Yeah. We, we were doing Brazilian barbecue last night. Oh, oh yeah. That's what you're going for. Brazilian steakhouse. I should like call. Dude, you're going you're yeah. going for quantity, oh, yeah. not not as much quality on those. Though. Yeah, that's like that's like a Euro place on crack. I love it. Oh yeah. Do you well, guys Crystal had never been game? and she didn't know what to do. And like they have like a salad bar uh, that you can go to ahead of time. And she's filling up her salad bar plate like it's Thanksgiving dinner. Uh oh. And, and I was like, Crystal, no, don't no, do no, that. No, no. It's about the meats, man. It's about yeah. the meats. And uh yeah, sure enough, she ended up eating almost none of her salad bar plate. But, did, uh, did you yeah, it went really well. Flipping over her stopper just for fun every time she would look away, you flip it back over. <laughs> that would have been a good idea, but no, no, I didn't. Th- that's the um, way you you play it at that place. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, it was pretty cool. Um, well, I guess it was a Tuesday, right? So they were like, "Come on, ask us." But like, "Hey, is there anything that you particularly like?" And I was like, "The ribeye, the ribeye and the shrimp were amazing." They but usually have the lamb a, was really good too. A lamb chop that's pretty ridiculous. It's worth trying. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to one of those in 
20 years, probably. I can't know. Probably, yeah, 15. Yeah, 20 years. Costa de Fogo in Panama City. The place was a dump, but it didn't stay open, but it was good. Hmm. Hmm. A good dump. So, let, <laughs> I'm sure you had one of those later. Um, <laughs> on that note, uh, hmm. let, let's start with Colton. And uh, how has your week been? You obviously, last week, you told us you were making some some big marketing progress and you were making your yeah. headway into yeah. plowing past the number 20. Yeah, moving along. Yeah. So um, as far as the original order, yes, we're under 20. Uh, overall, we're still over 20, but that's with new sales. Yeah. And we've actually given a reasonable lead time this time. So, Ooh. Right, well, now we're talking. Well, let, let's say hopefully. <laughs> it very well could um, could change. So how many of the original 20 you got? Left. The original oh. thirty left. Well, yeah. Oh no, it was a lot more than thirty originally. But um, he's saying since we started talk, keeping track of it, um, I think we're at like seventeen, eighteen left. But I, I need, need to double check that. Which they're all in various stages too. A lot of those are already poor, so, so etc. But so, um, as a quick estimated timeline till you get all the original orders done. Goal timeline. What is it? If it was, if it was, oh. what, if we, so, give you an, what I, if we give you an ultimatum? You can't. So I'm sure y'all, y'all know that I am a, a eternal optimist, right? To a fault. Yes, sir. Yes, we enjoy um, that. Let's say Could three they all weeks, be done by the end. No, of the month? there's no way. I hate it. I wish they were all done by June, but I don't know if they are. Know, we're going to shoot for June, though, right? We're going to push. The first Hell week yeah. in June. The first week, the end of the first week in June. Hell yeah. Let's go for that. All right. Like come it. on. Yeah. Oh, I, I do that, have um, that means a you new do employee working in the shop. A week. Oh, my God. What's yeah. his name? Uh, Rigo. Well, he's my neighbor. Um, I, I think I've talked about him before here. But he uh, he started working with me again. And we we had to get back on the same page. Um, yep. Because, you know, he, he's uh, – he's, he, he works as a handyman. Uh, he also has a mowing business. And so me and him, we, we talk a lot on like the uh, small business entrepreneur like stage. And he, he gives me some good feedback. But um, we come from different um, ways of looking at things. And uh, not that one is wrong or right. But I'm from more of like the fine furniture, mm-hmm. like like detailed, like thousands of an inch, like tolerance nice and um he's more from the construction like um quarter of an inch tolerance yeah yeah but put the put the caulk on it uh that could have been better said <laughs> yeah but uh nail it up you know going good but we've finally met in the middle and uh he had a realization about it you know like every after every one of our like work sessions you know we normally talk for a while and um he was he finally realized that in his words, I'm looking at what we're doing like art, right? And it, it, there's not like a technical standard to it. And it's not cut and dry square. And it's everyone's different. Every single board we do is different. And it, it putting our heart into it, basically. And mm-hmm. explaining that there, him coming to the conclusion of that's what these are really made a big difference. And then so now I, I have them. Um, building these frames out right which uh that's pretty 
that, that's probably the most square part of the process. Uh, I have a bunch of really good jigs now built to where it's, um, yeah, it, you can you can crank them out, and it's working really well so far. Um, yeah, and we're selling enough boards now going forward to to pay them, and it's a uh, it's working out. But also, I'm gonna have Crystal with me uh, at least for some point in the next three weeks, as uh, she just got a new job. And she doesn't start Congrats till June fifth. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a great opportunity for her. I, I'm really happy for her. We're we're both really excited about it. But so she's taking what three weeks off, I guess. So June fifth, I think, is when she starts. But she, uh, yeah. Right now, like so, today was her first full day off. Like she um, was walked out of the office of her current job yesterday. Oh, because she had put in her two weeks, and then they walk her out the same day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. she's going to a competitor kind of thing. Ah. But, um, and she's a, an energy, she's like a business analyst. I think she's going to some sort of marketing manager role. That's kind of funny. The, the, the acronym spelled out mom, like marketing <laughs> operations manager. I think that's what it was. And, mom. um, yeah, mom, <laughs> but yeah, super, uh, opportunity, good opportunity for her. But, um, but yeah, so she's finishing up the house, you know, we got that board and bat and we're doing downstairs and a little bit more flooring. Hopefully that gets up, wrapped up this week and then um, get her back out in the shop for a little while. So I'm going to have three hands on deck that might and be uh, nice. making that three-week timeline look a lot more reasonable. Love it. So, Love so it. I have a question. I, I, have a th- I have a question I thought of. Were you, as like you said, now you're very uh, meticulous with everything and finite with, with like it all has to be a certain way and um, – were you that way with like the thousandths of an inch, like you said, before you had a CNC or you always liked that with these or at what point? Cause I remember at one point you said something about like, it's not, it's not framing. You know, this is a big difference between mm-hmm. furniture making and framing. And like Ross said, not every, uh, every woodworkers and carpenter, but not every carpenter is a woodworker. At what point did you feel like, it was it the CNC that did that because you were working on such tight tolerances or just, well, I actually had an interesting start. So I started with the CNC. I, I was not planning to be a woodworker and making furniture and things. I got the CNC originally so that I could prototype, um, that, uh, the, the cope, I call them cope boards. Yeah. Like Copenhagen. The, the, cope, the Copenhagen leg boards. Yeah. Yeah. Leg boards. I got the CNC so I could prototype, those and then bring them to a manufacturer and uh those didn't paint out but um yeah so slowly from there like uh once people found out i had a cnc and had seen some of the stuff i've done they uh kept asking for small stuff and then that grew and grew and and now i'm using hand planes and chisels and shit like that so Mm -hmm. it uh so i actually started with the the cnc so a little backwards but um Gotcha. But yeah, so I guess it always kind of started out with like high tolerance kind of stuff. Is that even like that the first X cars X carve I had? It's accurate to a thousandth of an inch, and uh, as long as you keep it in tune. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah, also in the middle C. <laughs> yeah. The uh, I, I jumped on the uh, the Brunt Workwear train this last week. Uh, and how does that net out for you? I love it, man. Um, so I got a pair of the boots. Um, Which ones? Just like they're, they're standard um, 
It's not the super high top. It's like their standard ones. I got the lined, which I'm kind of wondering now. Um, it hot? It, it, it's getting hot today. Like today was a really hot day um, here in Houston. But um, so I was wondering if I should have went with the knot lined, but I don't know. It, my feet weren't extremely hot. Like I, they will I feel be like I wanted August. that lining. Yeah. The what? Yeah. They will be in August. Yeah. But it's not like they're insulated. They're just lined. And so right. I figured, like, the more cushion, the better. Like, let your feet yeah. sweat. Like, maybe wear a good pair of socks. Uh, y'all ever heard of Darn Tough socks? I no. have not. No. So we, we use them for backpacking. And they're like the whatever wool. I can't even think of it. It starts with an E. Like, some fancy wool, right? And um, you can get them, like, where they're actually insulated or thinner. And, and they come out to, like, 15 and $20 for a pair of socks. But, damn, they're good. Um and they're darn tough too. <laughs> uh, I think they're made in Wyoming. I think they're made in Wyoming. Wyoming, but but yeah, taking care of your feet's an important thing when you're on them all day, especially if you have concrete floors. And, True story. Uh, so, but yeah. I love these boots, man. They they fit great. Um, it took me about three days to break them in, which I do like my shoes. When it comes to boots, like leather boots, I like them get them really tight. And then really hurt me for about three days, and then they're form fitted after that. Has but, Crystal walked into the shop and been all for us, gumped me like those look like comfortable shoes? <laughs> I bet you could walk all day in those shoes and not feel a thing. Oh yeah, I didn't even make you to the shop before she said exactly that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. I see those things online. Yeah. I I've wanted to buy a pair, but I, I yeah, never have. I, I finally uh, I was holding off since like I had my boots before, which was uh. They're actually like some steel toed twisted X boots that I was uh, using when I was selling metal and um, metal, metal. And they had like stretched out enough to where I, uh, or actually the, the back of them wore out finally, like uh, where your heels touching. So it was like down to the hard part of leather and I was getting blisters and stuff. So I was basically having double socket every day. Was like it from I, all I, the heel flips you were doing skateboarding around. <laughs> oh yeah. You bet. That there, that's the only way you can do it faster. Board. Just wear rollerblades the whole time you work in the shop. Oh, that's perfect. genius. Wow, yeah. Like roller uh, skates like a car hop. Yeah, yeah like a car hop. Yeah. yeah. Some Sonic action going on. Like in yeah. The, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I was double socking it for a long time, but they're not that expensive. It was like 130 bucks For, for like socks? A, no, for, for these uh, brunt workwear boots. That's expensive. Uh, um, actually, Lucas from Lighthouse Boston – I think is sponsored by them. He just put up a, a code to uh, save 10% on those. Oh, there you go. I knew yeah. there was going to be some sort of code or something, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're, they're big on social. Like they go live all the time and he was at a cornhole tournament the other day. Actually, I watched a little bit of it, yeah. but um, the guy, I don't know his name or anything, but yeah, I, I, I want, so I wanted to hold off though until we had proven the business a little more and got next round of sales going before I bought another, before I bought the boots and there you go. finally did now I need to buy pants. Um, my favorite pair of pants right now have a big hole in the crotch, but you can't see it when I'm saying Is that. Is that why you're favorite? No. Yeah, he no, likes they're my favorite before that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty rough on my, my clothing and my boots. But yep. Yeah. So, Jess, what's going on? Obviously. Oh, wait, you're next. No, me. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, you're next. Uh, so, for me, uh, since I saw you guys, let's see. Uh, it was a chaotic week for me last week, trying to get things done uh, with my day job, 
had a ton of running around. I was in three states in four days and covered a bunch of territory. But uh, in in the shop, I was able to get about halfway done with the desk riser. And I've done some more work in that. Uh, I should be able to wrap it up, I'm hoping, tomorrow. Fingers crossed, knock on wood and all that good stuff. Um, I was able to get the port for the network hub done. And then the port for the recessed phone charger, the hidden phone charger. I actually yeah. got I got the, um, the, the what would be, I guess, the top of the slab. I cut it to a 64th of an inch thick to the point where, like, I could press with my finger and just lightly tap on it, and it would, like, depress the top of it. I um, saw that. I saw that on your, on your posts. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't trying to get it that tight, but I was real glad that the tolerances were, were that thin. Had I gone yeah. any deeper at all, it literally would have torn out the top of it. So um, That's I was able to – dude, I was – it was purely by chance. <laughs> I was you must have had a, within, a hog of a bit to do that. So, uh, short answer is yes. Um, I actually do it with, I have some bits that I actually bought when I built my, my workbench. Cause I needed something to be able to, to hog out a four inch mortise on these mm. legs. So I had to get something that was a two and a half inch bit. And then I come in from both sides to be able to cut through it, but being able to hog out, uh, it's the half inch shank, uh, two and a half inch long bit. And it's just a straight cut and, um, I, I was just barely dialing in the tolerances on that one. So I was able to get it as close as possible, but you can charge your phone right through this thing, uh, which is awesome. And you can't tell where it is, uh, unless you put your phone there, which is awesome as well. Um, the Do you only have some way that... marking it on top. Yeah. So there's actually a knot that's right there. So I was able to, Oh, that's even cooler. Yeah. You just yeah. like tell them, put it on the knot. Yep. Oh, that's, that's. That's like some yeah. secret agent, like move a book yep. and a exactly. wall opens up kind of. That's cool. Yeah, That's cool. cool. So I got that dialed in. I should be able to finish that out tomorrow. Um, and then the only other hard part is being that the riser was only going to be about two and a half inches off the desktop. And then you have a two inch thick slab on top of that. So the two and a half inches below was supposed to be like some drawers, but the, the way the slab overhangs, because it comes out in like a, a snake type fashion because it's live edge, being able to get your hand in there to get a drawer pull is actually kind of difficult. So I had to go back and re-engineer some drawer pulls this uh, this afternoon. So I'm going to be finalizing those tomorrow and getting that all dialed in and being able to kind of wrap things up. But I should be able to put finish on it tomorrow and then deliver it Friday. So I'm stoked about that. And I officially got two coats of uh, matching stain on the antique wood table today. Just like one one coat? One one stain, not mixing it? Uh, It's two stains. It is three parts uh, traditional cherry, one part summer oak. Those are both varathane? Uh, Those are both varathane stains. But I had to do the pre-stain first. um, And I did that. And then I got two coats of that stain, that mixed stain on there. And it is like 95% there. But the weird thing is, Hell since yeah. I've had this table in my shop and I got it in, I'm not kidding, like last week of December, it's been in my shop for like five months. Um, 
I have been looking at the underside of this table. I had it sitting on a tabletop and I was like trying to match the stain color to the post because it's obviously closest to the post uh, where the legs went in. The, as I flipped everything over today to be able to get the stain into all the cracks and crevices and everything, I realized that the top is 100% completely UV like stained or UV hit. And so the stain color is like five shades lighter than the post of the table. So the tabletop is like exponentially lighter than the legs are. So um, I was stressing over apparently nothing. I was trying to match it to the the post, but I got that uh, done. So I'll be able to wrap up that guy tomorrow and hopefully deliver that on Friday as well. Well, I think matching the post is the right way to do that because uh, it's already going to look different whenever it's like in a room because the shadow is going to be down there. Uh, Yep. I I think you're right by that. Um, Thank you. And then uh, last but not least, I, I uh, set up, let's see, mid July, I'm going to be having a Chicagoland makers meetup um, at my shop. That's cool. Which is awesome. But that also then puts a little bit more of an onus on me because I got some shop upgrade things. I got to finish at your shop. At my shop, dude, that is cool. Yeah, oh, um, we, we got so some I've Houston been... groups, but I, I wish that we uh, met up. Uh, as far as I know, there haven't been. Any, well, actually, I think there might have been some meetups. I couldn't make it though. But oh, sorry. Well, Go ahead. I interrupted. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be hosting it at my shop, and that kind of puts the onus on me that I have to finish building the desk for my wife's office in there uh, because she does uh, her own kind of social media stuff from there as well. And then on top of it, I have to get some things done like shop upgrade pieces. So I really have to get my ass in gear between now and the beginning of July. So I have like a month and a half to really like pound out any other projects I have. And in all honesty, once I deliver the antique table and, uh, and this other um, desk riser piece, I have two other pieces on the board and then the discussion with the customer about the, uh, the door repairs. So fingers crossed that's where things are at, but actually taking things off the list and, and hopefully being able to pound some things out in the next few weeks. Awesome. All right. And Jess, I wanted to ask you, yeah, because on the last episode, I asked, or we both asked you what color you were going to be painting the office. the office and you were like oh i'm keeping it as a surprise i want everybody to see it <laughs> so still a surprise or what there yeah. is there is one focal wall that's black uh just because i already had that oh and wait that, a, a glossy black or like a flat black? satin satin, satin. Okay. So okay so it's actually limo black uh we i'd had it from some cabinets we had to paint bottoms anyway limo black and uh it was cheap paint Never, ever buy cheap paint. That was like sliming the wall with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was that. And then the other three walls are uh, high maintenance is the name of the color, which is... That is justified. I would say T-Mobile pink. I was going to say Pepto-Bismol pink. No, no, yes. no, it's Wait, not. Black you know, it's pink? funny when it was dry, when it was wet... It looked yeah. Pepto-Bismol. I said, I made a big mistake. But no, like T-Mobile or like, it's funny because when you when you do a color scheme like that, like I watched these, while I was sick, I was watching TV and there's like commercials for 
like drugs, like pharmaceuticals yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that white and pink and black uh, color scheme is pretty popular. So Yes, it is. Dude, so so like my that. question was going to be, what made you choose high maintenance pink? What <laughs> made me choose high maintenance pink? Because, um, well, for one, my wife is the one that's going to be there the most. Does she enjoy the, the color pink? Uh, she's a girl, yeah, of course. That, hold on, hold Very on. Very much. I love pink. Oh, too. easy, buddy. Easy. Yeah, that, that, is, that is not a blanket statement. Well, I, will... well, I know, but it is common. Well, it's common for girls. Ross, in his defense, he does know her very well. That's yes. true. Very, that very is true. Intimately. Yes. Um, I like pink when it's done right. Not all shades of pink. Like okay. she bought a mat for her desk that's supposedly pink. I mm-hmm. don't like the color of it at all. It looks okay. Gross. But pink um, is a very broad color. I wanted the so. room to be fun. I wanted okay. the room to be fun and exciting, and I figured some of the videos would be done in there, right? So it'd have okay. a fun color scheme. Um, yeah. And the desks that we picked and the chairs are like a white or like an off-white. So I thought the white and the pink and the black was like fun and like kind of punk a little bit. And then my okay. drug Very my, Avril Lavigne. Yeah, <laughs> and then my very 80s, 80s punk. And then... I did that glass, so I don't know if I talked about this in the other podcast. You did. But we had you, you, it was the shower, shower door, door that was supposed to it saved or whatever was going to happen with it, and he kept it and kept it and kept it. And then finally we were like, the house is done, but we in the market. We actually um, put, put some videos today of it, but I was like, come on, man. Like, cause there's like all kind of leftover building materials and all kind of stuff, just like on the side of the house. And I was like, I got the trailer cause there was a refrigerator. We put it at the shop. Let's throw away the door. And he's like, fine, fine. Just, just get rid of it. I'm tired of moving it. around. So we were driving back to the shop and I'm like, you know, I could do one of those like backlit dry erase boards with the neon chalk on that shower door. If I could just figure out a way to hang it on the wall. And so I did. I did figure out a way to hang it on the wall with the hinges. I painted the hinges black, cleaned it all up, and like a uh, like a barn door hinge kind of thing. Are you talking about? or like a? There, it was just a saw. Well, it was one of those glass doors that was just glass with hinges. That's it. Like one mm. of those fancy ones. And that glass is like probably three eighths, half inch thick. It's really really thick. So oh, you wow. guys put like the soup of the day on there and like the special <laughs> of the it's day. Our, it's our brainstorm glass. Oh, so just dude, with I love AD, that. ADD oh. is flowing through both of us. She says yeah. it's not in her, but it is. And okay. I get stuff that starts rolling around in my brain and it starts to make me anxious, honestly. And I was, and you know, from all of my research. That you got to write that shit like, down. You just write it down somewhere so you know yep. that you're not going to forget it. And your brain will stop. And it does. So... It's just like when I think of something, we just start writing stuff down, different colors, and then it gives us like some little goals, actually. So we can, all right, let's, you know what? We brainstormed about that. Like, should we use Canva or should we use InShot or are we going to use Shopify? Are we going to make our own website? Like all these things we were talking about. Um, Had we not talked about this before, uh, Ashley's, you know, started. Now she's doing all the social media and amongst other things. Hey, uh, side uh, note, I've been loving her on the 
on the like the yeah, stories, like the, the updates. Look at than I, am. I was so I was gonna say <laughs> the same thing. It has been magical seeing your wife's face every morning, giving us updates. I'm like, <laughs> I can understand why Jess wants to come to yes. work with her every day. Yes. But I will say, your temperament since she has joined I on, know. and I don't know if it's you were not feeling on sick. Purpose, I was feeling sick. But like, she's like, hey, Plus- Jess is here, and you're just like. Meh. <laughs> I think you've given like one syllable in you three know days. Uh, Ross, give him a break. He's getting warmed up, man. He's just getting warmed up. So, That's all you gotta do, baby. You yeah. know what? You're right. You're right. Bless her heart because, like, you know, that's like her doing several takes, and she feels like shit. And so she like puts on this little thing for a second, and then mm-hmm. she's back to like not feeling well. But I was she, gonna I, say she didn't look like she was feeling. I know. Ill at all. I know. She she really did. She really was. So she's um, a fighter. She's like that. She oh, is. Yeah. She is. Um, yeah, coming to work and everything else like that at all. She is a Christmas so, firecracker. Well, she's got a face that lights up rooms, so I knew she would be a good. That's what Jess was talking about in. earlier. Um, and no, I was usually like deep in thought, or I didn't feel good, or I was driving and somebody was cutting me off, or like I was hanging that door and I was having problems with it. And so she's like posted in the background, and she's like, "Say hi, Jess," and I'm like, "Hi." And I'm like not paying attention to it. And I know that's like a bad. bunch of bad excuses, really. But sorry well, to be tough on you here, Jess. But. One of the reasons I married her is because she's complete 180 of me, like just complete opposite. Yeah. You know, opposite she's happy track, and lets people do whatever they want. And she's just keeps positive and she writes people cards. And I'm like, I don't give a crap. But cranky. It's and- fun. If you think of the exact opposite of that, that doesn't sound like a fun person to be around. So kudos to your wife. <laughs> yes. It is. Yeah. Well, she brings out the best in me. You know what? I'll tell you big I'll tell you how this is. This is how different we are. I don't know how you guys are in the morning, but like when I wake up, I'm not really in a good mood. I'm not necessarily in a bad mood, but I'm not really in a good mood. Everything seems like too much trouble. I want my coffee, like my morning constitution, like everything has to happen and I don't want to talk. Mm. Yeah. That girl, it's like a somersault. Hey, so what's going on? And she's like going and talking and like she's dressed and ready. Like when she worked at the dentist's office in like 20, 30 minutes, she's changing the cat litter. She's done laundry. She's put the dishes away. She's emptied the dishwasher. She's straightened yep. up the couch and she's asked me to get out of bed so she can make it. Like that's how <laughs> she is every single oh. morning, every morning without fail. Unless she was sick. And even now she's still like that. So So you it, married up. It's better to be around <laughs> that than it is being around <laughs> me, right? So we just kinda yin and yang. So I'm good at things that she's not good at and she's great at things that I'm not good at. So Okay. Nice. I love it. Oh it's been great. Oh, nice. by the way, counterpoint or alternate point or other point. Post-trip? We literally spent <clears throat> so we have a tablet and the phone and her computer and my computer and my phone, and her phone. So her phone was not part of any of this. So I have a Woodworks Tampa Bay Instagram, a Just Build It Instagram, a Woodworks Tampa Bay TikTok now, uh, and, you know, both, two for each one. And then the whole Facebook thing is different than Instagram because it's not separate. On Facebook, it's one thing. It's one account with different accounts under my main one. Yes. And then Instagram is, like, all different. Sounds sexy. It took us, I would say, I'm not going to exaggerate, I would say four to six hours of trying to get logged in to everything with all the two-factor authentication, me not remembering passwords from certain things. So 
I'm going to give you a hint here. Uh, there is an app called LastPass. L-A-S-T. So you use a password manager? Yeah. Yes, it is free. And I I keep all my passwords on there. And that way I know exactly what each one of them is. And you can identify on one device on the free app um, to like pre-fill in all your passwords for you. But it doesn't go across all the devices. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it doesn't go across all the devices, but it does save them all on there. So Bitwarden is one that I keep reading about. Um, It's funny because now that we're doing all these accounts, just like I've seen on TV and some other things about uh, internet security and all that other stuff, and the first thing they all say, how can I keep myself as safe as I can keep myself? They all say get yourself a password manager. All of them Mm -hmm. say that. It doesn't matter what one, just get one. And Bitwarden is open source, so it's free which you can pay for certain things, but it is cross-platform. iOS, Apple, um, excuse me, iOS, Microsoft, you know, Android, like mm. whatever you've got. So it'll yeah. keep them all on there. So I thought about it. My question, though, is so you have to still put them in there once. Correct. But every time it it also follows, it, it like kind of tracks when you go on to those sites. And then if you update your password, it gives you a little bubble that says do you want to update your password and you just say yes and it updates it along with All it right we talked but, about that the other day yeah, yeah. Let's, i'm gonna think we'll do it I, so you like LastPass, but that's only on one device so no it goes across all my devices like it stores them all on all the devices but it only auto fills on one device on the free app if but you, if you pay, pay for it then it goes on all the apps or all the devices and does it work on different platforms like ios yeah. and yep hmm I've never heard of LastPass. That's funny. I've heard yeah, of well, one. LastPass, I think it's one, one of my parents use, actually. OnePass and yeah. Bitwarden and some other ones. But All right, very interesting. I, I use the uh, the Google one, um, like Google Remember Your Password or whatever thing. Yep. Which but, works pretty uh, well. Yeah. yeah. Microsoft However, does, I, too. It, I, I keep getting a notification because I haven't changed out all of my passwords yet, but it was saying that like some of them were breached. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And use the I same one on should. multiple places too. I do that. Yeah, I probably should go change it all out. But yeah, it keeps giving me that notification. Not good. But. Well, anyway, everything got logged in. So yeah. All right. Nice. Well, welcome to the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that iPad's pretty cool, but I am not impressed with the apps in the iPad. Like Insta what? on the iPad. Looks it's, like crap. It's very weird. Yeah, it's it's designed for a phone, not Even for on, a tablet. They don't like, have so one for it, the it did that on like so my iPad I use is pretty old. Um it's not extremely old, but it's old enough to where there's some apps I can't download because they take iOS, whatever. Oh, yeah. And my It's old enough to have bought Limp Biscuit's first album. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh no, no, my first iPad is that old. But um yeah, that one's seen its fair share of stuff. But, um, so like the, the Instagram's weird on my like semi new iPad, but mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that they would probably fix it by, yeah, the they should one. make it for not. iPad. So, no, the, so the, the issue is that they just scale everything up. And so, yeah. like, it makes you feel super old because the font is bigger, mm. the pictures are massive. Yeah, and, like, it, looks, it does all the same thing. It keeps things. it down the center. Yeah. I don't yes. Like and it's so it's, it's a weird setup. It's, it's an app that's designed 
uh, sorry, it is uh, designed, designed for... for a phone, and it can do technically a, an iPad uses the mobile settings, but it just magnifies it, so it just looks weird. Mm-hmm. TikTok kinda... is kind of in the same boat. That hurts me because I've been wanting to buy a new iPad for like video editing and yeah. stuff. Because I so video I, editing yeah. is is exponentially easier on an iPad or a tablet than it is on a phone for mm-hmm. sure, hands down. But the flip side of things is that just scrolling through Instagram, if you're like, oh, I'm just killing time, not as fun on a tablet. Mm-hmm. No. no. Um. Another another thing I was going to add to my woes this week, I. We have, we bought laptops and then I just, we bought some, we got two monitors to go with it. So I bought a docking station or we got, I should say we ordered a docking station, mm-hmm. um, a nice one. I didn't, you know, we picked a good one. Is it, it one that like work. plugs into the back of your computer or one, one that USB-C, USB? Nice. One USB-C nice. should yep. run, it could run three monitors at 4K, blah, blah, all the stuff that it rants, right? Plug Correct. it in, nothing. I'm like, all right, what do I got to download the driver? It's some Chinese company, no idea. I'm Googling and Googling and like trying to figure it out for, for at least two hours. I'm trying to get these monitors to work. And finally, I go to back to Amazon where I bought them and it looks and it says, it says it's got the little X, X, and then like check, check, check. Like if it has this type of USB, so it has a little picture of what the USB is supposed to look like. And I guess yep. USB-C has like a little lightning bolt on some of yep, them and sure then does. some of them have like a little thing around it. Mine was just SS, which mm-hmm. is super speed, which is like 3.1 or whatever. Does they not have work that with on that. Camaros too. Yes. Does not work. So, mm. uh, wait, wait, to, I, I, are you sure you didn't need to download a driver or anything? I, I am sure. So, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so then I went to Best Buy and uh, I said, look, this is what I got. And some kids, like, he's looking on Best Buy's thing. I said, he said, this dock should work, da-da-da-da-da. So what it is is on the back, on those docking stations, they part of them will be a virtual dro- virtual port, and some of them will be a hardwired port. Okay. And, so, and then certain computers will allow a monitor to flow through that, USB-C, and some of them will not. That's basically what it all boiled down to. So I was able to get one monitor to work on the docking station that I bought and then one to work on the HDMI port that was in the the side of the thing. But they're both refreshing at 100 megahertz, which is what those monitors are good for. And there you go. Everything's working. Jeff, you are thorough. Yes. Mm. You're very thorough. You're checking the freaking megahertz of your. I will monitor. say this. Mine, I I was just hoping that the lights came on, and um, I did have to download a driver, but <laughs> once it came on, I, I left it at that. So I, I will say this: J J five J five Create, kudos to that company. If any of them ever listened to this, is the one of the brand, five Create, yeah, is the, great. is one of the companies that they sell stuff at uh, Best Buy, right? Mm-hmm. And their prices were comparable to Amazon's compared to what I saw. I, I was like, I don't know what to do here. So I'm like, well, there's a phone number. It's like a regular phone number. So I called it and it's like, hey, what you it, do with the phone number? It was somebody like in the States, yeah. like, so, like I was talking to you guys and he goes, Hey, what's going on? And I said, he said, which one do you have? And I was like, I can't get it to work. And he goes, okay, well look at your computer. And then like, he was just a normal person. And he showed me how to look up this, look up that. 
And he goes, oh, I think it's this. And he's like, can you do this? And I was like, yeah. And then it worked. And he's like, all right, awesome. You need anything else? I was like, no, this was amazing. So five minutes. Like, he was like, whoa. I was like, he was whoa. like, whoa. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then we were like, we were both like, totally. So, like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So my question, yes. uh, now that you've gotten your office up and running, what is the wood of the week? The wood of the week um, is interesting because it's – so what it's called in all the way around is lignum vitae. Lignum vitae. You're, you're what, Hurt? L- lignum, <laughs> L-I-G-N-U-M, okay. vitae, lignum? or vitae, B-I-T-A-E. Now, yeah, that sounds fancy. What is okay. lignum vitae? Very interesting. Oh, is so, that Italian or what? French. It's French. It is Et made Monsieur. from three Croissant. different... Three different species. Well, each species, each species is from a different area. So uh, I was, what is it called? Guayacum officinal or Guayacan. It's from Spain, that version. Bois de Gaiasi is France. Uh, Guayacan Negro is Cuba. And Ironwood is the U.S. version of it. I've been to Ironwood, Michigan. (laughs) So, like, it's not a whole lot going on there. in this directory that I have. You know, it has like this chart, like from zero to 100% on impact, resistance, stiffness, density, workability, building strength, crushing strength. It's yep. 100% on all of them. What? It's 100% on all of them. So, it is, uh, what was the thing that I read about it? Uh, it's refractory. They use this. I know they use this on guitars because I've seen guitars. It's hard to machine. It's hard to tool, but they use this for things like marine equipment, such as bushing blocks and bearings for ship propeller shafts, pulley sleeve, pulley sheaves and dead eyes, metal thrust bearings and steel. Um, it's used anywhere that lubrication is impractical or unreliable, such as wheels, guides, rollers, blocks in the textile industry and cotton gins and polishing sticks and rollers. Uh, it's huh. used in die cutting. Um People love it in wood sculpture because it's very iridescent. And this is probably oh. where everybody has seen it. It's used in mallet heads, but it's used in bowling woods, like those little inlays that you see sometimes in bowling alleys, like little arrows and things like that. Yeah. In the, oh. the maple. That's what that stuff is. Ironwood. Oh, they're not using, they're not using uh, could walnut be. for that? It could be. Walnut's very uh, hard, though. No, but they're they're putting a cover on everything anyway. <laughs> well, they put oil on it. Yeah. I don't know, but this says in bowling woods, so I would assume that it has something to do with you know something that's got to be high mm. durability and impact and so on and so forth. So, man, I got something um, to ask about that. So, this is not the first wood that we've mentioned for the wood of the week that has been used in boat parts, not right. as far as like the frame of the boat, but like in actually the the propulsion of the boat right there's there's no way they're still using wood in in boat propulsion is there like well my only thought would be that it's um it's easy to uh repair if something happens and put a new one in to make you a new like one fabricate of, your own like yeah your own, make your own bushing you don't yeah. need a and i mean when they make old school metal wood boats metal. that's just what they do yeah, well, wood swells too when it gets wet, so it's also watertight, mm-hmm. usually. <coughs> so I actually I have a fun story for you guys that you'll appreciate. 
Uh, I was up in the West Bend, Wisconsin area, which is about half hour northwest of of uh, Milwaukee. Were you on, though? Uh, I was up there. I was on the way up to uh, Fond du Lac, uh, if you have to go up that way. But uh, I happened to go into an account to try and sell some whiskey, and the the bar owner also runs a tree cutting service. Mm. And uh, so I was talking to him, and I was like, "So, do you guys ever happen to take down, you know, big trees? You do the milling for them and everything?" He's like, "Oh no, man, we don't do any milling. No, no, no we don't do that stuff. Uh, we just cut them down, you know." And I was like, oh, what kind of stuff are you cutting? He's like, oh, everyone's getting rid of black walnut. Don't want that. Uh, <laughs> what? They're getting rid of it. So, because getting for rid farmers, of it? So for farmers, the actual nuts that come off of a black walnut tree are toxic to horses. Yes. And to no. livestock. Yes. yes. Even the That's wood. freaking so, nugget right there. Yeah. It's, and so they don't want them anywhere near any of their grazing fields. And so right. – Literally, his his coworker was like, "Yeah, last week we took out like thirty black walnut oh trees at this God. guy's farm, and we had them all stacked up, and nobody wanted them because they had put you know some like fence posts around them, and there was metal in them. So the big mills around here didn't want them, so we just burned them. Oh, and I was oh like, fucking bullshit. that that <laughs> and I was is, like, oh that my shit God. is gold. That is gold and I was in like, Houston. Do you Man. understand how much money you're just throwing away? Oh. And they're like." So so wait a second. You want these? And I was like, dude, I will come up with a trailer and I will get full logs, <laughs> cut them in like can... eight, yeah, eight to ten foot lengths. He's like, We got like 30 or 40 of them sitting out back. Do you like cherry? I was like, Yes, I'll take mm. cherry wood. He's like, Okay, uh, what about uh elm? Do you like elm? Sure. You gotta be kidding. He's like, me. what about uh reclaimed beams, like the hand hewn kind? Nobody wants those around here. I was you like, You gotta be kidding me. I will take all of this. I will bring a <laughs> semi and I will load up all of this stuff. So I literally have to reach out to the guy and, and touch base on timing. But I was telling him, I was like, you know, if you mill this stuff yourself, the black walnut especially, you could be getting between fourteen to eighteen dollars a board foot on raw milled lumber, like rough sawn lumber. Especially here. Like, okay, it's less for me, actually. So well, so hold on, but that's at that's at like eight quarter or 10 quarter. Right. And he was like, what, what size are we talking here? And I was like, uh, probably eight, eight, and eight quarter, 10 quarter. He's like, I don't know what the fuck any of that means. So <laughs> how thick is this? And I was like, uh, two and a two and a half inches thick. He's like, I'm not going to do any of that. Do you want the damn logs? Yes, I will take the damn logs. Yes. So I am actually oh. going to be coordinating with this gentleman and hopefully I can go up there. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to have to rent a skid steer just to be able to pick up all these logs and get them on the trailer. I think it'd be worth but, it. But, oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, I have many a chainsaw. Oh, right. So um, I, what I'm planning to do is pick up as many logs as I can, come back down to Illinois, and go to my buddies who have mills and just spend a few days milling as much as I can, and I'm going to air dry every bit of it and, in my shop, and uh, I am going to be chock full of all kinds of goodness moving forward. Mm. Oh wow, Ross! How much longer until you get your own like log bandsaw, Lucas Mill? Is that what they call it? Uh, so That's I have I have looked at the <laughs> cost difference in potentially buying my own, and for me, it would make more sense to actually get like an electric version of the wood miser and do everything in in house. But for the amount that I'm milling, because I mill up two 
anywhere from two to five trees per time that I go. And that'll last me almost a year worth of building. So unless I was doing it so far, so far, yes. If I get to the point where this is my full-time gig and I'm doing it more often then yes, I will definitely look at investing in it. Um, I think I'm going to invest in a CNC first to be able to mill things, uh, mm. like slab things down, flatten them out, cut out any yeah. of the shapes I need to do all that kind of fun stuff. But um, my goal would be, you know, if I can make this my full-time job, that's probably in the two-year plan within starting. Hell yeah. Because right it's, now, yeah. I'm making a year paying. plan, baby. Well, yeah. Got Wait, a lot of... So, uh, I guess... Every time I've seen one of those, like uh, the big log bandsaws, yeah, it, it's always been done outside. Yes, um, I mean that's not impossible to do inside, is it? Like, no. So the biggest thing you have to watch out for is um, actually movability of the timber. Like if you have a big enough shop to where you're looking at, you know, ten thousand square feet, so you have room to pull in with a tractor or a front end mm. loader of some kind to be able to move these logs sideways, eight to 10 foot lengths, move them in with the tractor, turn, get them onto the hydraulic parts of the, the wood mill to then lift it up onto the wood mill to do all the milling. If you have that kind of extra space, you can easily do it inside. And that's why you would go with an electric version indoors versus the gas, um, simply because you don't want to have the extra fumes inside, especially during mm-hmm. the winter. But if you're doing it outside, you can actually do it all year. It, there's no time of year that it doesn't work. If you have a covered area, especially like a patio or something um, or a pavilion, you, you can run that day in and day out. Yeah, exactly. So you just need something uh, that's not going to get in the way of getting the logs on and off of the mill. But I go hmm. to a, I go to a friend of mine has the mill and he charges me basically a hundred bucks an hour, but I can do in an, cost me three to four hundred dollars and i can do five logs so it's basically one log an hour kind of thing but that's almost a year's worth of timber at the moment and you're probably talking like 36 inch logs or oh no i I mean they're they're probably i mean upwards they can do up to 36 inches wide on the mill so i typically what i end up having them do is cut down to usually six inches deep and cut a straight cut. So I get one flat edge and then I rotate the log 90 degrees and then I slab it from there. And I can then do, um, I can then do pretty quick turnaround on those logs and it takes longer to move everything off the mill than it does to actually cut everything. So, huh? Very cool. But I'm hoping to have a stockpile of all this stuff moving forward. Man, we need to make a beat around the bench uh, UPS account and get, uh, or at least me selfishly, I want to get some of your wood. Done. <laughs> In the least homosexual way possible. So. Uh, <laughs> I drive up there for some of that black walnut for hey, sure. If, yeah. If, well, I mean, Colton is kind of halfway for both of us, Jess. So yeah. we could both drive down to him yeah. and make it work. Yeah, that would be amazing. So, I, I mean, how much I could get a lot in my trailer. I've got a, a seven by sixteen. So nice. Yeah, I could get a lot in there. Okay. All yeah, right. So U-Haul too. I can get a big. Uh, oh yeah, I'd rent a U-Haul if I had to. So <laughs> mm-hmm. let let me put out my 
useless wood knowledge of the week. Oh yeah, what do you got? I'm sorry, right. I didn't mean to my, cut my you off second part. I think no, we need no. to find a new name for that because no, useless that like, is not like, exactly useless. I have goosebumps about your about your wood find. Um, so I actually have two, and this is a this is an interesting one. So trees technically never die of old age. Correct. Right. They only are either killed, like this. killed by elements or bugs or diseases or people. Yep. So that's, that's how why, the sequoias can get to be like 3,000 years old. Right. A tree can live a 1,000 wow. years easy. Yeah. Right. You go and out to then, Redwood Forest, they can be crazy old. Trees, by providing shade and windproofing, they estimate in the United States alone save $2.1 billion in power and energy costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can believe as that. well as build the house. Yep. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That is pretty fantastic. And that's why if you look at a lot of companies, um, the most recent one that I can think of is Walrus Oil. For every bottle they sell of wood finish, they plant a new tree. Very good. Yeah. So, there's, so there's... Uh, one, one of my buddies, he's a leather worker. Uh, his wife, um, I think he met her in California, actually. But um, – she works for a company that like that you, whenever a company says that they plant a tree for every X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. you don't physically do that yourself. You go to a no, company you, and yes, she, and she worked, she worked like uh, logistics or something for one of those companies. Okay. And, um, well, actually, no, they didn't meet in California. They met in Ghana. They were in the Peace Corps. That's um, just like California. I mean, it's the yeah. same thing. Which, uh, yeah. this, this buddy, his name's Kelly, but we, uh, his nickname is Free Love. So um, he's uh, he's more of that side of our buddy. We we love him, but um, I've been trying to get him. Apparently, everybody loves him. It's yeah, yeah it's I've been trying to get me make me a wood uh, working apron out of leather. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a good upgrade. You got um, one, don't you, Ross? I do. I actually just busted the uh, the back belt on it uh, last week when I had my son in the shop. Mm. I was lifting down. We we built a cedar planter, and it took me literally all day to make it because my son was helping. But, that was a super uh, cool video, by the way. Like where you're you. like, like it takes a lot of extra time, but it's worth it. You oh know, yeah, kind of 100%. thing. That, that was really cool. I uh, that. But when I was lifting it off of my workbench onto the floor, for some reason, the belt uh, that holds it around the back, it wasn't sliding up as I was bending down, and it literally just popped off. Yeah. So I still have the apron now. I will tell you, it chafes. The leather apron chafes quite a bit up at the neck. Uh, the shoulder straps do. And then the yeah. other part is... Well, do you have um, a pad on it? I do. But the one thing I will say that is the bigger drawback to the leather apron, unless you get like a, a really, really well broken in leather apron, um, is that it does not bend. Whereas like a canvas apron or a waxed canvas apron bends when you bend over, mm. the leather does not. So think of like like a belt that you put yeah. on for the first time yeah. and it, it's just like super tight trying to break in the leather. That's that big on like a full apron that goes basically down to your knees. You bend down or you sit down at your bench and all of a sudden you have this massive, like huge uptick of leather yeah. and all your tools in the apron, like shooting yeah. up at your face. Well, so, sounds like you need to get in the shop more and break that. Apron are the belts in. got like a little elastic on them? 
uh, so no, it's it's an all leather thing. It was a brass. It's the brass toggle that like holds it to the clasp. That's what broke because it's it's like pewter. It's not real brass. Um, so I just need to get a new toggle for it. And it just it, it was one of those. I either put the the um, the the planter that I had made. I either put it back on the bench and readjust everything and hope that it works, or just fight through it and put on a new clasp. So wait, so what, what's a toggle? A Is that like a like so it's like basically a... that so there's an o-ring on one side uh so like everything is attached on the left side of the apron and then the strap goes around your back and attaches to an o-ring on the right and it's the clip the toggle clip that clips onto that o-ring that's what broke what if you did it like a um we have basically like uh oh shoot like a trailer hitch on one side and then on uh, on one strap and on the other strap you had just a bunch of holes poked in it at like three quarter of an inch or one inch intervals and when you reach behind you to uh, attach it yeah. you just poked it through one of those holes i'm not opposed to that but the strap only comes from one side it's a full length strap that goes around all the way around the back yeah yeah i, I get i get what you're saying uh yeah. same thing as mine except mine has like a snap in the back yeah and that's what like I used to have, yeah. and it was, uh, I forget the name of the brand. Um, it's the same one that Ryan Feldhaus uses. Oh, Feldhaus really? Mine's just name. some Amazon brand, but I love it. Uh, Hudson, that was the name of it. Hudson uh, Aprons. And I actually wrote to them because I had been through three of those aprons, and they were absolutely amazing. I used it every day. I beat the hell out of it. But there were two areas where I would constantly go through the same spot on the apron. One of them was where I had my marking knife in the the chest pouch it mm-hmm. would poke out the bottom through the stitching because it was just canvas and i would end up cutting my arm as i was like oh, leaning geez. over stuff left and right and then the other spot is where i would hang my um my tape measure because the i guess the clasp on it was like cutting back and forth as i was walking so the belt clip on the the tape measure is what was cutting through the canvas so i would go through each of the three aprons that i had in those same spots I haven't had those issues with the leather apron, which is great, but um, it is definitely an adjustment in comparison. What was the the span of years? How long did it take you to go through an apron? About a ye- an apron a year. Apron a year? Mm-hmm. Man. I would bust through the pocket after about a year. So I'm starting to bust through some of the pockets on mine, like, uh, especially like my uh, like hip pockets. Yep. Yep. And um, But it, it's still doing all right. But – my problem with mine is um, I do a lot of obviously a ton of resin and yeah. like different uh, adhesives. Mm-hmm. And whenever I get in a super rush and I get a little bit on my finger, I um, I don't have time to grab a rag. Right? I just wipe so it you on wipe my, it on hips. Yeah. But also just drips. And so uh, it's actually kind of a cool time lapse. Like if you look to what my apron was a year ago today, it looks like a, a completely different apron. Dude, or that is like even that looking is at a crystal's warning. apron. Yeah. I, I have the same same thing. I would wipe glue. Like you have a little bit on your fingers, you're like, screw it. I just wipe it on my apron. And it, it it's a it's a badge of courage, if you will. Yeah. Oh well, there's been some parts like once you get enough adhesive or resin on a certain part and mm-hmm. it tries to bend or it bends on its own, like by pushing against stuff, it uh yeah. ev- eventually snaps, right? And then you have a whole hole through. And I've tried different ways of fixing it. First, I tried CA glue, right? Which that Did was just work? rigid. Yeah. Well, it was just really rigid, and then it snapped. 
And then I tried like uh, the Gorilla Glue, like their their highest level of construction adhesive glue. Yeah. And that, that lasted a little bit longer, but it snapped. And then so now I'm due for another apron, but I just put a piece of uh, oh, uh, Tavek tape. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Tavek. Tavek. Yeah. yeah. Tavek. Yeah. Sorry. I, I a little, little bit of the whiskey of the week tonight. Um, yeah, I was put some of that Tyvek tape on the back of it, and um, that's worked the best so far. So awesome! I I have tried to wear aprons throughout my career as a woodworker, and I could just never do it. I get too hot. I get too hot. I get too hot. Mm. And whether it's air conditioned or not, I just like do you wear I a tool belt or something. Like, so, how, how do you keep your pencil and your okay? All right, like, all right. So we got you, man. we've got a little system to this. All right. So I mean, I get hot. Like I, I don't wear hats that like like Ross right now. You're wearing a hat; it's probably covered in the back. I only wear mesh back caps. That's the only thing I okay. wear. I just get too hot. So yeah, see, you look pretty cool like that. So yeah, well, he, he's our northern so, boy. He's, he's got to wear the, I have the, the hat on. I have the hat on. If I have my pencil, which I always do, pencil goes in the hat mm, by the, the ear, yeah. up yep. in the ear. I literally will go to the bank and I went to grab it one time. The girl said, "Are you a carpenter?" I said, "Yeah." She goes, "Yeah, I can see you're trying to reach for your pencil." <laughs> and the pen was like right in front of me. And then my tape measure goes on my belt. All of my belts are work belts. You'll see are worn right in the right spot. And if I buy a tape that doesn't go on my belt easily, I throw it away. That's it. Um, that's when I'm in the shop. But when I'm at a job, yeah, I'll wear a tool belt. I'll wear a tool rig. Like if I got a bunch of crap, like a pry bar and a hammer and snips and, yeah. you know, pliers, like especially if I'm doing trim, I'll, uh, the square, I'll have a little tool belt. I've gotten to the point where, like, I honestly feel naked in the shop if I haven't put on my apron. Like, if I'm just like, oh, I got, like, five minutes. That's a good feeling. It's a mental thing. I like it. I like an apron. I really do because all my clothes get trashed. All my shirts get, uh, like, pilly in the front from, like, the the tablecloth. Jeans probably trashed, too. Yeah. Yeah, all Mm -hmm. my shorts, all my shorts get paint on them or glue. Mm -hmm. Always load the glue. You're one of the guys who wear shorts in the shop, aren't you? I wear shorts, baby. I'll, I'll do that. I don't wear. There are some people who wear flip flops in the shop, and I used crops. to. I used to I hurt my toes too many times. It man, feels good with that sawdust for your I toes. Been, Come on, I've been against that from the start, man. Anytime I'm like doing a serious day in the shop, I'm full work pants, uh, boots. Uh, I mean, shirt. I'll, I'll wear a cutoff shirt or t-shirt, but so not even. Man, like I, I'm all about shorts. suiting up. Not even Carhartt shorts? Dude, shorts in the shop. What's wrong with that? Oh, my God. What do your shins get hurt a lot? You know what? I'll I'll give another probably unpopular opinion. I hate tennis shoes with jeans. What? I I hate it. I cannot do it. Yeah, it's because you're Uh, from Texas. Maybe it's the Texas boy coming out, man. Yes, it is. If I'm wearing jeans, I'm wearing boots, man. And you tuck in your shirt. That is literally my my daily uniform is a pair of New Balance, some jeans, and a oh, t-shirt and my if goodness. it's and if it's like beyond like 60 degrees or below i have a flannel mm-hmm. on like that is every day well like i said in my disclaimer it's probably not a popular opinion but i hate tennis shoes with jeans i will say a pair of boots and a pair of jeans looks pretty good together better than tennis I, shoes for the most i agree but so let me ask this are you wearing jeans and or boots in the shop Yes, every day. No, no, but like, I'm talking like cowboy boots. Uh, well, 
No, it's right Bruns I, now. Yeah, well, well, now I got the Bruns. Now they're lace-up boots. So Before now you that, have work boots in there. Yeah, which um, not cowboy boots like leather bottom, but cowboy boots with a uh, rubber sole is what I've Oh, I, yeah, you wore them to WorkbenchCon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually was oh, going to uh, ask. The ones I wore at WorkbenchCon were the leather sole. But uh, I, asked those it, are my I was, I was wondering if you were wearing a leather-soled one in there, and my question was going to be shop safety with traction based on, like, sawdust on the floor and leather-soled shoes. Like, that that's just begging yeah. for, like, yeah, he's talking about hey, I'm going to slip and fall into a table saw. Like, yeah, no, le- le- leather-soled boots aren't work boots. Le- no. those, are, those are for going out, going to conferences, going to things. Um, but rubber-soled boots are, are there. However, um, one thing about like a true boot, right, where there's no laces, is that you can't adjust the size on it, right? And Correct. so that's the problem I ran into with my uh, my last ones before I went with these Brunt that uh, that had the laces, is that I, had, I, yeah, I wore the back out, so I definitely had to have, like, a solid fit, otherwise I'd, I'd rub and get a blister. And so, yeah, I had to keep going up on socks. And, hmm. um, yeah, which luckily but now I don't have Are to those know. boots made for walking? <laughs> Here that yes, bring in the jokes. <laughs> oh my like, yes. Yeah. Hey. Right. That was Watkins, very Watkins that was, that was a good one. Yeah. These, so these Colton, you mentioned earlier. <laughs> you mentioned earlier you were a few drinks deep into the whiskey of the week. So my well, a question few, a is, few that might be a strong word. We don't want to put number on it well, here. A few but, sips deep at least. Yeah, so my question is, what were your thoughts on the whiskey of the week from last week, which was the mm. Russell's ten year old? The Russell's ten, freaking the Russell's hey, Reserve ten year old. I liked it. Like it was a. I'm not, I'm not much of a malty guy, but it it had a good bit of like I'm not sure if I'm using the right terms here. I'm not gonna act like All I'm right. a small yay for whiskey or whatever the term is. A whiskey sommelier, yeah, yeah. Uh, same thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, it, it was a little bit malty, but I really liked it. Man, it, it went down great. Like uh, I, I, I will say, I, I favored towards a rye whiskey, like a little bit of spice, a little, little mix it up, a right? Spicy, little, little like make your nose burn, kind of shit. But uh, I really liked it a lot. And then um, that malt really played in well whenever I, I dandied it. Did and it dandy? It, it dandied very well. Like it, um, <laughs> I, I went, I went with the. Um, Oh shoot! What is it? I, I can picture it. It's a gold can as far as a ginger beer, uh, the g- gold can with a freaking seal on it. Oh, oh, the Schweppes. Is it Schweppes? All right. Was it was it the Schweppes ginger ale? It makes sense. I don't know. I, I just know what the can looks like at this point. Okay. And, it's got um, like almost actually, like Crystal lion. buys those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It um, I think it was Schweppes, but um, which that one you know it's your typical high sugar uh gin like ginger beer yeah like i think it's like 40 grams of sugar per can yeah like for 12 ounces but it's uh still very good um but yeah so i I ended up going back to that and then i I ditched those cherries i used last time um i used some other oh actually i used the uh the liqueur cherry thing has a real classic logo cherry hearing sounds good for me (laughs) i but um and it, 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 it dandied very well, uh, especially Excellent. with like that, that sweet malt kind of coming through the back, but yeah. like to, to really like wrap it up into an emotion of this, uh, how it dandied and how, what, how it was neat actually is like, you know, when you're plugging in a USB, you kind of expect to try it three times. Yeah. Like 
plugging a USB into your computer. Right. Um, this was like getting on the first try, man. Like you just like <laughs> throw, throw that thing up and you plug it in. Like it just so felt right. So it's it like just the USB-C. smooth, easy. It's like the USB-C of whiskeys. Yeah. <laughs> well, USB-C on the first try. Well, USB-C yeah. always plugs in. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, wait, no. Um, which, which one's, which one's the big, the big wide a. rectangle USB? A. That's USB A. USB A. Yeah. yeah, it's like getting a USB A on the first freaking try. Oh, so it's just go. like that gratification. So, right. Yeah, yeah, it's just nice, easy. First one in. Like, I don't think this ever happened, especially well, when you expect you're three about. tries. Yeah. yeah. Well, the uh, the wild turkey mash bill that that is based off of, because that is the upper echelon of, from the wild turkey distillery. That's from Walter. Be... Do they still own yeah. it? Yeah. So that uh, right. the Russell's Reserve is is named after uh, the two master distillers they've had so far. Um, Jimmy Russell, who is now in his 90s, and Eddie Russell, who is his son. And then his Eddie's son, who I'm blanking on his name at the moment, also works there, but he is not a master distiller yet. And Jimmy Russell said that he is not going to retire until his son retires so they can retire on the same day. So they're literally like two years away from being able to retire together, which is Man, crazy. Cool. Um, That's really but, cool. Yeah, but so, they are... Um, they're kind of like I don't want to say the OGs, but they're definitely in that OG class on on notoriety in the whiskey game. So Wild Turkey has been there for a number of years, and uh, they tend to be a little bit sweeter overall, which is why I thought it might dandy well. Yeah, but I dandy very to... well. Oh, uh, well, before you yeah jump into next week, um, I did do a tour once with uh, is a, is a bachelor party a bachelor okay yeah bachelor party, and uh, we did the the whiskey tour right and we yeah, went the to bourbon like, trail. Buff- yeah, Bourbon Trail, that's it. Went to Buffalo Trace, Wild Turkey, I think Four Roses. Yep. Um, which, Four Roses. Maybe Woodford one. Reserve? No, we, we, we didn't. We only made it three. Okay. But while we were on the bus, we were sipping the uh, the Mint Julep Maker's Mark. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, it, it was freaking delicious. I, uh, I turned my mom on to it, and uh, she loved it, but she can only find it here and there. So every time she sees it, she buys a ton of bottles, but um, yeah, you can see where I, where I come from a little bit there. But, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, actually, basically, the, oh, the, go ahead. The, the, the wild turkey uh, tour was awesome. Uh, Buffalo Trace was my favorite. That one was like real old, like soot on the bricks, like mm-hmm. real. So, um, someone's at the front door. At the front door someone's the at the front door. <laughs> uh, that's annoying. So I, I will tell you turn a, that off. a fun but fact. Wild turkey you. is really cool. It was really all stainless steel. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And like, well done. But yeah, so. But a fun Sorry. fact, as you said, there was soot all over the buildings. That's not actually soot. That is actually a mold growth that only happens around distilleries. What? Because it has to do with, and it's not harmful to, to have on the buildings. It's not harmful to breathe in, but it is a, a mold versus bacterial growth that happens only due to the distillation process. So any distillery Man. that you go to, that does mass production, um, you start to see that black all over the buildings right around the facility. That's actually from that. So, um, yeah, that, it's kind of a fun fact for you. But uh, I will tell you on the Bourbon Trail, if anybody is interested in going on the Bourbon Trail, it is an absolutely astounding thing, kind of a bucket list item that everybody yeah. should go on. A great uh, I, uh, bachelor party thing for sure. Yes, 100%. Uh, yeah. I will say get a tour bus. Yes. Sorry. There are tours that will take you around 
and you can hit four or five distilleries in one day. Um, I will say I've been to 90% of the, the distilleries on the bourbon trail. Um, the most picturesque of those distilleries, if you want like the, the romance of it all, to me are Maker's Mark and Woodford. Uh, they are the mm. most picturesque dis- uh, distilleries. If you want to see mass production and scale, if you go to the Jim Beam facility, that is a factory. But if you want to learn something, you go to Buffalo Trace. Um, that distillery, they tend to take a little bit more time to to teach you some things. And I've learned some amazing nuggets on that that tour. So, yeah. Oh, they did this thing on the Buffalo Trace tour where they put like their, their white buffalo. which mm-hmm. uh, The white dog. Yeah, which it may have even been a step before that, but where it's like before it's even aged at all. Yep. And then like they, they pour like a few drops in your hand and you smell it. And you can smell, like, I'm, I'm going to get the order wrong, but like at first it just smells like alcohol, right? And then you rub your hands together and you clap. Yep. And then you smell it again and you can smell the, the corn. The, grains. the yep. grains, right? And then you rub your hands together and you clap and you can smell the, then you yeast. smell the corn? Then you smell the yeast? Then you, sm- then you smell the strain of yeast. Yeah. Yep. Is there a third one or? No, that uh, was the third one. So the first one yeah. tells you the proof. So um, basically the, the further away your hands are from your nose the and you get overwhelmed by alcohol, the higher the proof. The second time you smell, it tells you the type of grain. So uh, a bourbon being at least 51% corn smells like popcorn on that second one. A rye smells like a rye bread. Um, a single malt scot smells like, uh, un, well, just a, a straight uh like almost like beef barley stew, like just straight barley um, and so on and so forth. And then that third one tells you the strain of yeast. So you can tell uh, a lot about the whiskey without ever having to taste it. And that's actually a test that bartenders would do during prohibition uh, because in all honesty, people were making moonshine at home and it was totally illegal and there was no way to say the quality control and customers, they could basically buy it off the, the moonshiners and the customers would either enjoy it or possibly go blind and die. And there was really no in-between. <laughs> and the reason that uh, they would do this test was quality control. So they would see the alcohol, the grain, and the yeast of the spirit in front of them. And then they would light about a cap full on fire. And if it was just a yellow flame, it was good to drink. A yellow flame with a blue hint on the outside meant it was slightly watered down. Or a yellow flame with a green hint on the outside meant there was either lead or arsenic in it, which is what made people go blind and die. And the reason there was lead or arsenic in there, you've probably heard of like bathtub gin. Mm-hmm. People would make gin in their bathtubs that were lead-lined bathtubs during Prohibition, which was also the Great Depression. So they would actually, the alcohol would pull some or seep some of the lead into um, that gin and you couldn't see it. But when you go to drink it, there was lead poisoning in there, which is what made people go blind. The other aspect does. People couldn't afford to make a full still, once again, because it was back in Prohibition, uh, which is the Great Depression. People would actually pull a radiator off their old Model Ts and Model As and Uh use the radiator as a still, because technically it does the same thing. But they weren't flushing the radiator beforehand, so it would pick up all the arsenic and all the crap that had been there from actually using it as a radiator for your car. And so all the carcinogens that would be in there would then impart themselves into the white dog. So uh, the mm-hmm. white dog being the clear whiskey. So that's your your nugget. Wow. Not to be confused with bench dogs. Correct. <laughs> yes. Correct. Wait. So um, is it a rumor then that it seems like that could have easily started this rumor that if you drink like the first like whenever you're like making moonshine in your backyard, 
Mm -hmm. which me my brother had looked into at one point never pursued with it but so is it a rumor that once you, if you drink that the first little bit out of it like the pure or whatever that mm -hmm. you do go blind it depends how high you're distilling it so it is possible to go blind from it depends a what, super distilled what, thing yes if you are okay. getting to the point where you are over 190 proof there is a possibility that you could have some damage to your body um, I don't know if going blind is one of them, but there are some medical okay. issues that could definitely happen. Yeah. Do you say buzz are, the whole doesn't time? Doesn't it have blind, acetone though? in it in the beginning? So, yeah. So basically what happens, the you have to think of this in the same, and I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole on this. I could talk for days on whiskey, but like um, as you're, as you're thinking of distillation, typically what's done is what's called a cut and a cut is usually at the head and uh, the tails you're, you're trying to get the heads heart. and tails yeah yes so that's what you're trying to find because that's usually the highest concentration of quality alcohols in uh, that mixture so when you're distilling the first thing that typically comes off are the lightest most delicate high octane vapors right because they burn off first they're the lightest actual components of that whiskey or the alcohol those components if you were doing it in um, ethanol distillation would actually be the caliber of like rocket fuel right. because they are the highest purity. The tails would be your like low end. Hey, we're going to throw this into my diesel truck because it can also run on like French fry oil. It can run mm -hmm. on pretty much anything. So you're trying to get what would be the 87 to 95 octane pure stuff in the middle. That's going to be your heart. That's what you're trying to get to. But the stuff that comes off initially um, tends to be higher alcohol level, higher octane, and therefore could have some issues coming along with it. You typically don't want to taste the very first thing coming off of the still, simply because if you haven't run the still in a while, i.e. backyard moonshine dist distillation, mm -hmm. there's probably some leftover um, carcinogens or leftover things from prior batches that then would also seep into this making of whiskey. And those first, you probably want to throw away that first, I would say, at least tablespoon into a cup, depending on how much you're distilling. Um, throw away that much because it's not going to be something other than like jet fuel that you want to use. If you're going to use it as like an ether where you're going to make your own Bailey's type product or make your own like long macerated moonshine where you're seeping something in there and you're proofing it down then you have that opportunity. But if you're going to drink it straight off the still between 160 and 190 proof, <laughs> that's going to rock you in a big way. Shit. So down the street from where I live, like about a few blocks down, there is um, a distillery and they make Uzo. One of the only places that Greek? makes Uzo. Yeah. Well, no, but Tarpon Springs is Greek. Okay. And actually, interestingly, it's won like every award that there is for Uzo ever since this guy's been making it. So huh. they make some other things too. It's interesting because one of the Greek, because there's a bunch of Greek restaurants in Tarpon Springs, because yeah. that's that's who kind of founded Tarpon. Yeah. Uh, he got some Uzo from them because they ran out at this party or something. Mm -hmm. And he went and bought a bottle from there. And then he came back and he goes, What in the heck is going on? He's like, That's like the real Uzo from Greece. Like, yeah. And he's like, well, no, we, you know, and so he bought it and they sell it in all the restaurants and everything now. But, um, it's, Do you know, pretty... the brand name, 
Uh, the only reason I ask is I actually I I really enjoy Uzo, and for those of you who haven't had Uzo before, it's kind tastes of like, like licorice. Doing, yeah, it tastes like black licorice. Which after either before a meal or after a meal, a shot of Uzo is it'll hit you hit you perfectly. So, um, well, you can go to Tarpon Springs Distillery um, and look it up. But yeah, I don't okay. know. They they make different things, but. They're the ones that talked about how the first part of the the, the heads and the tails, mm-hmm. and they're talking about just what you just talked about in their little tour that they do, yeah. and that the first part has, like, acetone in it and stuff. It's, yep. like, nasty. So yeah. the, during COVID, they um, – during the lockdown, they uh, actually made a hand sanitizer there. Yeah, so a lot it of is, Yeah. It is yep. – they make Ancloat Gin. They also make gin there that's won a bunch of awards. It's okay. Papaos, P A P O U, you know, okay. apostrophe S. Papaos Uzo. Yeah. And they also make moonshine there. Gaming Woods well, Moonshine. That? Yeah. And um, they uh, have some espresso spirits and stuff well, like they that. They call it. They a also moonshine. have a chef that makes that makes um, a apple stuff to mix with the moonshine. It makes it taste mm-hmm. like apple like pie. Yeah, and that'll mess Wait, you up. It's a mixer that you add to moonshine, or just like, well, like a, it's like just a, a mixer after the fact. Or? It's a mixer that you so, can buy okay. there. Yeah. You okay. can do it a couple ways. A lot of the ways that people do it, like true moonshine. Like I have friends who live in Kentucky, and they they make their own moonshine, or have friends that make their own moonshine. Um, Ross, by the way, next time you see your friends, I hook hook a brother up. That's done, done, dude. I I always stock up when I'm there. Last time I got jalapeno moonshine and apple pie, and both jalapeno. of them were north of 120 proof. And I've it only was had so good. I've only had true moonshine once, and it was yeah. someone who like tipped my mom, like uh, who when she was running the catering business, she'd have a lot of shady characters work for her. Yeah, and uh, someone like was like, "Hey, you've been a great boss. Here's a little bottle of moonshine," and she let me try it, and. It's just a different buzz, man. Dude. It hits you different. I had actually been uh, – this is when I was I was still uh, fresh off of my finishing a bottle to a bottle and a half of scotch a day, like mm. tolerance. But I had gone with them to a St. Paddy's Day uh, parade. And so I had had a pint of Guinness to start the day. And then between my wife and I, she had one glass of Jameson. I had the rest of the bottle of Jameson. And I was still totally upright, not a problem at all. Then we came back to their house and uh, they were like, hey, we're doing a crawfish boil because my husband is from uh, New Orleans. So, or y- the, y'all do bios- crawfish boils up there? So the, we don't get crawfish up here. I actually order mine down from Louisiana, but uh, different story. Anyway, yeah. they were like, we also have moonshine here. And I polished off, it was uh, a quart of apple pie moonshine. It was 126 proof. And I finished two thirds of it. And I woke up the next day feeling right as rain, like not an issue at all. And I was like, I don't know what happened yesterday, but it was definitely the luck of the Irish. Like it's a different, it was awesome. It's a different buzz, baby. Dude, you're not kidding. Well, yeah, when you the guys... jalapeno moonshine was amazing also for um, marinating meats. I marinated what? a brisket and jalapeno moonshine. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Well, when you guys come, there's there's the distillery and there's about eight breweries in walking distance. So if you guys 
once we finish this, once we finish this call, we actually need to talk about that. So let's yeah. get likewise. Yeah. So, so what's the whiskey of the week? Hey, the whiskey so, of the week. On this note, to oh, yeah, pander to Colton and his love of rye is a Michter's rye. Can you spell that? Yes, M I C H T E R apostrophe S. Michter's just Michter's rye. Yep, Michter's rye should be about forty to forty-five bucks, and right. it is a pretty solid rye. Um, tons of body, tons of spice, um, mm, but not like. Spicy. Yeah, it's not like overly spicy. Um, I would put it if you if you look at the pantheon of rye out there. I would put Templeton kind of as your like midpoint on spicy level. And I don't think I've had that one. Templeton is pretty solid. We'll talk about that on a different one. Yeah. Uh, but the Michter's rye, I would put it like a six and a half on the spice level. So mm. um, if, if you like a spicier rye, it's it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Oh, I never gave a, a rating to Russell's. Oh, yes. Either. So um, I'll call it a 8.7. All right. 8.7. Pretty high. Nice. Um, I guess uh, so far my scale has been pretty arbitrary. Um, a 10. I, I've i never had it, but I know I'm going to know it when I see it kind of thing. I, and, I now strive to get you to that 10 level, sir. Yeah. Oh, well, we're probably going to have to up the, up the, um, Scale price, <laughs> yeah. Scale the price a little bit, but yeah. um, I'm down for it. I'm down okay. for it. it for the sake of science. All right, yeah. yeah. All right, so Michter's Rye, Michter's Rye. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, awesome. Well, we uh, I hate to do this, but we are almost at an hour and a half here, boys. Mm. I do have. Um, oh. Let's let's nugget uh, it up and close it yeah, out. I'll keep it quick. We, we got to make sure someone learns something every single episode to listen to. You know, that's I mean? true. And um, so for mine, uh, so a wireless remote outlet for every one of my desk collectors in the shop has been a huge thing for me, which I understand that may be pretty standard for a lot of people, but I didn't know about it until someone told me about it. Right. (laughs) And so um, I got one remote. I I keep the remote. It's actually on like a zip tie, like, and uh, I have like a, attached to the ceiling kind of French cleat thing uh, where I keep most of my hand tools for like Mm -hmm. trying to make this whole cornhole board construction thing, manufacturing. Right. And so right up there, I have a little remote. I reach up and click it, the on off for my main dust collector. And then for my CNC, I have it on a separate like shop vac, like a 10 gallon shop vac that there's a little cyclone ahead of Mm -hmm. it in line. And um, I have that one on that. And that saves not only time of having like walk around and grab it or like turn it on under the bench and then walk back around. But it also, it saves your back from having to bend over. I'm going to give you a nugget to upgrade what you've already done. Okay. I, I, I'm all put, ears. Put the remote on a keychain on your vest, your apron. Mm. The reason I, like I that. say that is. I have done that now for the past few years and being able like, I keep it off to the side so I don't hit it with my arm or anything, mm. but I can literally just hit, you know, hit it on. And I don't have to, like, I can be holding a piece on the table saws. I'm about to cut it. And I'm like, Oh, I forgot to hit the dust collector. And rather than having to reach up or do anything else, it's right on my apron. So I hit it on, use the, the table saw, do everything I need and then turn it off. For working solo, that makes great sense. Yes. However, 
whenever I have employees in the shop, I need them to be able to grab it quick. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. So what about but getting for just solo, those smart plugs? Sense. What about just getting those smart plugs and having a Google thing? Is it too like, loud? Having to holler at Alexa when you got yeah, tools like, so well, the, 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 That's not a bad idea. I've never thought about that, actually. The other thing that you can look at. The but you got to make sure that your amperage, though, is high enough on that to handle, like, um, for, like, I have my, uh, yeah, like, if you have anything on, like, a 240-volt thing or whatever. Yeah. But, you can also look at uh, there I mean, are. That is a good idea, though. You can actually wire up. Um, you can wire up your entire dust collector system with positive and negative grounds, and basically it runs a current around it. And as soon as you open up one of the ports at any of your machines, it then turns on the dust collector, and then you know if you've left what? a port open because you can close it, and then the dust collector turns off. That's some yeah. automation right there. Yeah. It works really well, as you said, if you're doing, um, if you have multiple people in the shop, you know somebody left the dust collector on because one of the ports is open. Yeah, they make automatic plugs they sell on Amazon, too, for like 110 especially, where you just, mm -hmm. when you turn it on, it turns the other outlet on. Yeah. So uh, yep. there's a lot of different ways to do it. Well, I, I've been considering something like that for the uh, for the CNC. Is, um, you know, just like it can start the spindle on its own, it can start a dust collector yeah. on its own. But I don't know, as of right now, I, I have so the remote that I have for the CNC, I have it just like CA glued like to the side of um, of like my main CNC bench, and so I just click click start on the spindle, click start on the dust collector, and let it go. But cool. But man, just I, I never thought about putting it on the uh, Google because we do have a little Google thing out there, which it, right now it acts as just a Wi-Fi extender. Because a lot of my software uh, for the CNC runs on, I'm using Easel, and uh, it runs on that. But um, we use so it for the Christmas lights, <laughs> so I figured. And the yeah. Christmas well, fireworks. I, and then the Christmas fireworks, jackass. Yep. <laughs> 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 so yeah, all right. Oh, also, so this year, so you know, our neighborhood goes crazy on Christmas lights, right? That's what you were and saying. This last year, I missed out. Well, mostly just because I was so like out of my mind, stressed and busy with uh, the cornhole business. But this year I want to start like October 31st, um, which Crystal said I should start October 1st, uh, start making some stuff for like, mm -hmm. uh, what, so my first picture, so there's different categories that you can win for in each, in each design. Like you have the best door, best mailbox, best overall yard, best feng shui, there's way too many uh, options you can win on in Prestonwood. Um, but I want to do the best mailbox. And I was thinking like some sort of Santa Claus. It's made of wood, resin, and LEDs where like his arms like wave and maybe he like blows smoke. Nope. Out. No. You no? need to have Santa Claus pole dancing on your mailbox. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, so there are quite a few Karens. Um, no offense to anyone named Karen. I think you probably know <laughs> what I mean though. But mm -hmm. There's quite a few Karens in our neighborhood. Uh, that, that that would be awesome. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it, but it's not the, it's not going to be the winner if we're going for like that maple leaf in the yard next year. Yeah, but you'll be winners with us. That's right. You know what? I'll be <laughs> and your Instagram and your TikTok. Mm -hmm. You know what? That'll be viral. Let's do it, Miss Claus. Yeah. We'll yeah. Put do Santa Mrs. Claus, Claus yeah. work in the mailbox? Yeah. 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 Like a pinup, Mrs. Claus. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. 
You got it. So Jess, and what's you'll your be out front doing sock sock puppets. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Ha- I don't know if I have a nugget because I was sick all week. Oh um, yeah, don't get sick. That's your nugget. Yeah, don't don't get sick. Oh yeah, there was my nugget. My nugget is don't buy cheap paint. Don't yeah, buy cheap paint. Yeah. You know, I, I you know I use that bare just for people like painting maybe like some cheap furniture or something yeah. like that or stuff. That bare ultra from Home Depot. As much as I hate Home Depot paint, it's not bad for what the cost. No, for the it's thirty-five to forty bucks, it's not bad. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it does all right. So, yeah. um, the scuff resistant scuff defense mm-hmm. stuff that they sell now—that's kind of like their ultra. Um, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. all. Right. But okay. I'll tell you what, your little nugget is: if you're going to paint anything, and I keep having this discussion with the with my boss because they keep wanting to paint like some things, microfiber rolled in three eight snap. Four inch or six inch, but preferably the four inches are easier because you can use a Pelican roller, and you will basically almost barely ever use a brush again. You can paint hmm. furniture with them. You can paint walls with them. You can paint behind the toilet with them, and they leave a nice smooth finish on everything. They wash out really easy. You know, you just put them on a bucket and spin them. They are like God's gift to painting like little things by hand because we were painting like the barn doors and stuff like that that we put on the shop. Yeah. Um, I was painting some like undersides of shelves, like real quick, and instead of spraying them and getting all the sprayer out, and it lays it on pretty good and easy. So nice, nice. Yeah, microphone. Nice. Um, I think I've given quite a few nuggets in this episode. Whiskey, yeah, you gave a lot of nuggets. You don't need to give yeah. any yeah, more a hell of a nugget. You sound like Bill Nye. What was the what was Bill the Nye, one? the whiskey guy? <laughs> oh, I can't remember it. That's okay. Well, uh, I think that's probably a good place to end it, boys. So on that note, thank you very much to everybody for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed every second of this episode. If you didn't, please send all your complaints to our legal representation at Suck It and Bill Offices. Um, from Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast. We will catch you guys next time. I'll be back. <laughs>